This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I know how terrifying it is to be waiting for that pizza delivery, only to see they messed up one of your toppings. But believe me, these Pizza Hut experiences are worse. When you deliver pizzas or simply make them at the restaurant, you'll always have to deal with customers and fellow employees. As you know by now, dealing with people can be quite creepy. Enjoy these 10 true scary Pizza Hut stories. And remember, you can send me your stories at darknessprevails.org. You can send any story you like anytime, but I am looking for stories about the Ravenmocker and other Native American monsters. Number one, Two in One Night by Jordan V. I've had a lot of bad jobs in the past, from being the janitor that cleans up after massive arena showings and gas station jobs, to a total of four different delivery jobs. Each had their fair share of horror stories of just how awful and crazy people can be, though none of these can compare to the time I worked at a pizza hut in my home city of Wichita. I worked there for over a year and a half, and at that time, I had to deal with high levels of stress on a daily basis. It seemed to me that these problems were split into two categories. Either the higher-ups had terrible rules to follow, leading to low staff numbers, yet they still promised to get pizzas out at good times, which was nearly impossible when we were busy and we had low staff numbers. Beyond that, there were crazy customers. I ended up carrying a personal two x four for protection in some neighborhoods, which were basically ghettos. On another occasion, I was screamed at by a manager that cut me off the clock during a delivery. And I even got into a fist fight with a customer once on my last day of working there. But for now, I'll tell you the story of two crazy customers that I had only two deliveries apart. It was late January. I'd already been working at the Pizza Hut for almost six months by then. I knew my routine rather well at this point. We just hired a new high school kid that I thought was pretty cool too. However, his naivety really showed through when he put in a delivery order from God. Because that's what the person on the phone gave anyway. When I was packing up the ticket and saw the name up top, I already knew there would be trouble. I went to the new kid and asked him, Hey man, what's up with this name? He gave me one of those looks teenagers get when they look unsure and nervous, like they did something wrong, but not sure what. I wasn't mad or anything, I just wanted to know how the call went down. He said it was a normal phone call, and even the manager said it had to be a legit delivery, but more than likely, they were just poking fun with the name. We did have some jokes from time to time, Legit deliveries with something silly in the name or description, like writing a joke on the box or cut the pizza into a pentagram. Well, I reluctantly took the pizza and soon drove off to deliver it. When I got to their neighborhood, it was already very dark out. One of the most common problems is not seeing an address of any of the houses. This was no exception though, so I pulled up in the driveway of a row of duplexes, determined to find my customer. I was pretty good at guessing by then which house was the correct house when things like this happened, but with no address still in sight, I decided to give the customer a call just to be sure. When I did, 
The person who picked up quickly was mad and yelling. I asked them if they ordered a pizza, which they yelled even louder after I asked. They were cussing and screaming, saying they didn't order any freaking pizza. I hung up the phone and looked at the ticket in the pale dark. I wanted to make sure I dialed the right number. It was around then that I saw some guy to my right coming outside of his house. I was hoping that was the guy who ordered the pizza. He was walking over to my car extremely fast. When he began to yell and scream and kick, I realized it was the same guy I had just called, which meant I was ironically in the right place. He was dark-skinned, had dreadlocks, and was wearing nothing but boxers and a dirty t-shirt. He was mad, yelling at me while I was still in my car. He pounded on the windshield with his fists, and seeing that the glass didn't break, he began to dig in his pants, reaching for something, all the while screaming that he was going to pop a cap into me. When I saw the glare of black metal, I realized he wasn't lying, even though I had no idea why he was mad at me. I was just doing my job. I quickly floored the gas and peeled out of their driveway, speeding off. When I got back, I was furious to say the least, but it was even worse when my manager said she'd look into it. We found out the next day the guy was tripping on all sorts of things. His friend thought it would be funny to order him a pizza and not tell him. So yeah, that's how I nearly lost my life trying to deliver a pizza because someone played a stupid joke. Anyway, on the same night, just two deliveries after that one, I dropped off what seemed at first like a normal delivery. It was just some buffalo wings for a nice lady. When I got back into my car, I saw a tiny man slowly coming out and down the driveway. As it was late January, remnants of a snowstorm were scattered about here and there, so it was no surprise when the guy fell on his back hard due to some ice. It had to hurt. I was inside my car in the street getting ready to go, and I still heard the loud thud. He didn't even have time to brace himself or anything. What was surprising was him getting right back up so fast, like nothing had happened, and now he was walking right toward me. After that previous experience, I don't know why I didn't just drive away. I was curious, but also frightened, mostly due to what happened just an hour ago. And seeing this guy get right back up like he was in a hurry, like a Terminator, it was definitely something. He looked to be Latino, with a blank expression on his face. When he reached my door, he very gently tapped on my window. I rolled it down, already mentally preparing myself for something strange. What I got instead was a very creepy low voice that tried to be soothing, but came off more sinister than anything. Excuse me, sir. What was that dish all about? I sat there, blinking, a bit confused. The tone was so weird to me, creepy yet calm, with a hint of predation to it. Now, I lived in Kansas. While I do know the term dish can be substituted for food, I never heard anyone actually use it like that before. Who talks like that? I was just dumbfounded. So I asked, excuse me? And he repeats it word for word in the same tone and inflection. What was that dish all about? It dawned on me this must be the girl's boyfriend or something. He didn't know she ordered food. Just on a weird, deep, instinctual level, I could tell this guy was dangerous. I've seen guys that seem okay at first, but are super controlling of others behind closed doors. I simply said to him, I'm just delivering buffalo wings, man. His odd tone never changed, though, as he went, Hmm, ah, uh, okay. And then he just walks off, placing something back into his pocket that he had apparently been fidgeting with behind his back. I immediately called the cops, because I was afraid he was going to do something to his girlfriend. I never heard anything out of it, though so I'm not sure what happened after that. Those are different stories, I guess. These days, I drive for Uber, and I honestly love it. I had a couple of weird things happen to me, 
but it's a far cry from the stuff that happened at Pizza Hut. People are simply nicer to you when they're in your territory and not vice versa. Plus, after a year, it seemed like all the bad customers got too many complaints, so they're not allowed to use Uber again. Unlike Pizza Hut, who never bans their customers, apparently. So us employees were tormented time and time again. I do not miss working for Pizza Hut. Number two. My two horrible experiences or the reason I quit working for Pizza Hut by JPM. Let my experiences serve as a warning to anyone who works for or plans to work for someone delivering pizzas. This happened to me over three years ago in spring of 2015. I worked at my local Pizza Hut at the suggestion of a friend who put in a good word for me. I'm a guy and I was 24 back then. The only reason I took the job was because my previous employer had recently passed away and I needed money fast. Anyway, one night I had a creepy and terrifying experience. Because of these experiences, I remember every detail, down to the toppings that were on the freaking pizzas. The first was a regular medium pepperoni pizza to what I assumed were college kids. When I pulled up to the address that I put in my phone, it looked like the kind of house students would rent. The guy that answered the door was middle-aged and he gave me a bad vibe right away. At one point, the guy tried to invite me inside to accept pay for the order, but I told him I would wait outside like we're supposed to do. Anyway, he got all weird about it. He seemed offended that I denied his offer. He grumbled angrily and then shoved the money in my hand. What was weird about this was after I had the money in my hand, a woman, either his girlfriend or wife, came to the door, asking me to come inside as well. I gave them both a suspicious look and said, uh, no, I can't. When I begin to walk to my car, the woman follows me for some reason. I get in my car and she stays a few feet away at the sidewalk. The guy is at the door, door open with the pizza in his hand and he's staring too, and they both simply watch me in silence as I drive away. God, that was so eerie. I couldn't help but wonder why they wanted me to come inside and what would have happened to me if I did. On another occasion, I was out to deliver a medium-sized supreme pizza. I pulled up to the address. It turned out to be a few blocks away from that creepy couple in the previous story, which I remembered clearly at that time and was just trying to get it out of my head. I get out and do the usual delivery stuff. I knock at the door. There's no answer, so I knock again. Then I try the doorbell on the third time. After what seems like ages, I hear a click and another click. One was the door, but I couldn't place what the second click was. The guy who answered looked upset and asked what in the world I wanted. He was so confrontational, I wasn't expecting it. I noticed he was holding something by his leg, and I noticed there was a glint of reflecting metal on it, like it was a blade of some sort. Maybe that had something to do with the click I heard. I had to make sure I stayed calm, as there was no telling what he'd do. I quickly apologized and walked back to my car. When I looked back, he was standing at his door, brandishing the blade. As if to say from that distance, make that mistake again, boy, and that'll be your last. Who knew delivering pizzas could be so dangerous? Number three, Crazy Pizza Hut Lady by Crispy Bacon. This is a short and weird experience. It was supposed to be a typical night and I was craving pizza. So I called up Pizza Hut and ordered. It had to be Pizza Hut, I remember, because it was closest and I didn't feel like waiting any longer than I had to. I was given an estimated delivery time of about 15 minutes. But after about 50 minutes passed, I was getting irritated. 
By then, the Pizza Hut car pulled up. A short, blonde woman stepped out of the vehicle. She had her employee cap on backwards. When she was grabbing my pizza box and walking up to the door, I noticed she could barely stand up straight and she acted like she was going to fall over at any moment. My first thought was that she was on something, but I shook it out of my head, not wanting to judge a book by its cover, even though that was kind of difficult at that moment. I simply reminded myself that I was finally getting my food and I was hoping that it wasn't cold by now. It was around that time that I received a call. It was the Pizza Hut I'd placed my order at. They apologized for the delay and said that someone would be out soon. They then explained that one of the employee's cars had been stolen and that my order was on the way now. I hung up. So if my order was on the way, then who in the world was this? I noticed that when I picked up the phone, the woman had stopped walking toward my door. Suddenly, she straight up dropped the pizza box and ran back to the car, then sped away. Nearly launching herself off the nearby curb at the corner, I ran to the road and got her license plate number. Immediately, I called the Pizza Hut back and asked if that was the right number, and they said yes. They were able to use my call as a tip, and soon the woman was caught and she was found with a Glock in her back pocket. So that kind of answered the question that was haunting me. Why was she delivering my pizza if she had stolen that car? Why did she take the time to put on an employee's hat that she found? I think, just maybe, I narrowly escaped being the victim of a robbery. Number four, Haunted Pizza Hut by Jacob B. I worked for a pizza hut in a small town in North Carolina. That being said, I've got quite a few horror stories to share. My first experience was after a week of me starting my job there. I was talking to my manager, and the topic of the supernatural came up. My manager told me about one night when her and another manager were cleaning up for the night when they first heard someone walk into the building. What was strange was the building was locked up as it was closing time. They both went up to the front counter to see who and how anyone had come in, but the restaurant was empty. They inspected the restrooms, but still nothing. When they checked the doors, the doors were still locked. They figured then that someone had hit one of the windows outside and being in the kitchen, it sounded like someone had come in. They went back to finishing up the cleaning and paperwork for the night, when, once more, they heard someone enter the building. They waited for a second, sure that no one could enter, before they heard coming from beyond the front counter, the word, hello. They both got up and looked towards the front, and again, there was no one there. They decided to try to hurry up and get out of there. When the lights to the buffet area all turned on at the same time. At that point, my manager said it might be a problem with the power or something. So just to be safe, she unplugged the buffet lighting. They popped off like they should have, but as she walked away to go back to her paperwork, the lights flickered back on. When she turned around, she saw that the table was still unplugged. After that, they both decided that they should just get out of the restaurant and call it a night. After 10 minutes of packing things up at an extra fast speed, this brings me to my experience. One day at that building, I was stocking the dough in the freezer when the door suddenly shut. I figured that the box I used to prop the door open had moved and had been pushed out of the way from the weight of the heavy door. I went to open the door back up only to panic when I realized the door would not budge. I kept pushing on it and pushing, but it felt like someone was on the other side, making sure I couldn't open it, keeping me in there. It was crazy how fast I went from calm to horrified. I was wearing a thin jacket, but the temperature was five below in there. I started to hit the door with my full body weight, screaming at whoever was out there to let me out but the door stayed closed for another five minutes. 
I started to worry by then that I was actually going to pass away in a freaking Pizza Hut freezer when suddenly the door was swung open. It was one of my coworkers who was staring at me strangely when I basically fell to the ground after having been leaning on the door. She asked me what was wrong and I looked at her and asked her if she had been holding the door shut on me. She looked at me and said no, that she had only come in a moment ago and that no one else was around this area. I went to my manager and told her what happened. So we reviewed the security footage and saw that no one had closed the door, that no one was around to keep it shut. To this day, I still have no idea what happened. You may recognize the following story from my previous pizza delivery stories, but as they work for Pizza Hut in the story, I figured it'd be cool to share it here. Enjoy. Number five, my pizza delivery story by Caden Gamers. When I was 18, I worked at a Pizza Hut as a delivery guy. I lived in Tucson, Arizona back then. On one particular delivery, I was sent to a certain road that I'd never been to before, which was strange for me because in my free time, I drove all over Tucson back then. So I took my delivery car and used my GPS to try and find the house. The GPS did not find the place, so I ended up having to use a map I had in the glove department. Finally, I found the house after half an hour of searching at first, I thought the customer was going to be angry, but when I saw the house, I thought the whole delivery was a joke. The place was boarded up and breaking down, but I chanced it and went to the door and knocked, despite the place giving me chills. At first, I heard nothing in response. After knocking a third time and waiting, I began to hear creaking and an older sounding man coughing from inside the house. I looked through a nearby window and saw about five men in their 60s on the other side of the door. All of a sudden, something told me this wasn't a good idea, that I was not supposed to be here. But then the door began opening and a man stepped outside. When he saw me, he looked into my eyes and said, get inside or we're going to hurt you. I made a split second decision. With the pizza still in hand, I ran for my car. I felt his arm grasp on the back of my shirt, but he couldn't get a grip. So I made it to my car and floored it out of there. I'd never been so scared or frightened before. No one was around to help in these parts. It was basically the boondocks. Even as I sped down the road, I heard people running after me, and then I heard the banging sound and tinging against metal on my car. I barely got away that day. I quit my job after that. I'm not going to risk my life just to deliver pizzas on minimum wage. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. 
Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Number 6. Pizza Hut Creeper by David M. This happened to me about three years ago. I had just started working for Pizza Hut. It was my first job, and it happened to be my first year of college. My brother knew the manager, so it was easy to get my foot in the door there. And it was only a quarter of a mile away from my mother's house where I lived at the time. As I wanted to lose some weight, most days I would walk to work. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't the best part of town, but everyone knew me, and they knew I was a friendly guy, didn't like confrontation, so most people left me alone, and I left them alone. Anyway, about three weeks in, I began working the night shift, which was from three till 11 at night. It wasn't bad, I got along with most of my coworkers, and my boss told me if I kept working hard I could get a promotion, but I liked what I was doing just fine. I was closing the store one night when a late order came in. It was a pickup. I'll never forget the guy's name either. His name was Tony. When he came by the store to pick up his order, he looked homeless. He overpowered the smell of the store around him making the place smell of rot and old pizza. I got his order together, two large pepperoni pizzas. Now, the guy looked to be Hispanic, and he looked to be in his mid-40s as well. He had to be about 200 pounds, and being at his short height, he was overweight. He had what we called around those parts, meth mouth, which was common here in my small town of South Carolina. He walked up to the counter when I was ready for him. He tells me his name and his number, and I hand him his pizzas. For some reason, when I open the box to show him the pizza, he suddenly interrupts me and tells me how beautiful I am. I say, oh, uh, thank you. Now, I'm a guy, and I do not lean that way. So I was really creeped out by this, and the way he stared at me after I took his money gave me chills. It was just over-the-top kind of freaky. It was closing time, so after he left, we locked up and we began to clean. It only took us about half an hour to get everything straight and cleaned up. On the way out, my coworker stopped me and asked if I needed a ride home. I said no thank you. I preferred walking at night. Little did I know that I would be regretting that decision. That would be a night I would never forget. After my coworker left, I started my walk home in the dark, which had never bothered me once before. I was halfway home when I noticed that there was someone behind me only a few feet away. I glanced behind me, and they stopped in the dark where I could barely see them, though I knew they were there. I turned around and began to walk even faster, the person behind me continued as well, keeping pace with me. I started running at one point until I made it to a lit area and I finally got a chance to see who was following me. It was that Tony guy. He yells to me, where you going, big boy? Don't you wanna know what I taste like? 
When I glanced behind me again as he passed under a light, I saw that he had a three inch or so blade and a crazy look in his eye. He was out of breath and I saw that as my chance to finish running home. I got home and told my mom about what happened. She told me that the cops couldn't do anything since he was most likely gone by then and I did not see him outside anywhere. But I did call my boss, telling him what happened, and he said he knew exactly who I was talking about. He would be sure to call the cops if he saw him again. He had been harassing other younger male workers. I wasn't the first. I didn't see him anymore after that encounter. I didn't see him anymore after that, but in October, my sister was looking for a predator or offender registry to be sure to avoid any neighborhoods that had someone like that in it. With a curious look on her face, she asked me what the man's name was, the one that had followed me home. I told her his full name. She turned her phone to me and sure enough, he was on the list. He had apparently taken a kid under the age of five back in 1999. My jaw dropped and I started freaking out. Luckily now, I'm far away from that place, but the nightmares have come back, nightmares of him chasing me in the dark. Number seven, my dad's Pizza Hut story by Joe W. This story is from my dad's point of view. It happened to him back in 2012. I can't really ask any further details about it because my father passed away two years after. I'm going to try to remember all the details I can and I'll write it out as if my dad was telling it. Here we go. I was the night manager at the Pizza Hut I worked at and I was usually the last one to leave. I had to make sure the place was locked up Everything was cleaned and everything else was put away. I was doing my rounds, making sure everything was fine. I'd forgotten to mop the lobby, so I grabbed a mop and started doing so. We hadn't locked up just yet, as we were just about to, when suddenly, a man at about five foot seven, white, with an average build, walked in. I quickly told him that we were closed and apologized, saying that I meant to lock the doors earlier. I looked up at him because he didn't reply to me. He looked nervous, as if searching inside himself for what to say. I spoke up again, saying, Sir, you need to leave. We can't serve anyone else tonight. Before I knew what was going on, there was a black 9mm in my face, and the guy began stammering out demands. He wanted the safe to the Pizza Hut, which was located in the back of the store in the manager's room. He said he wanted all the money out of it. If we tried anything or tried to cheat him, none of us were leaving the store alive. As employees, we were instructed to always go with the demands of people like this. They said that we were more important than money, though I think it was more about not having to deal with employees being hurt. Anyway, I did as he told me to, and I led him behind the counter to where the safe was. Usually, when the safe gets opened, it makes a loud alarm sound, and the man would not know this as he didn't work here. When I went to open the safe, the alarm sounded. Immediately, he assumed that I had alerted the cops with some sort of secret button. Before I could tell him otherwise and try to explain it, he panicked, and I blacked out. When I woke up, I was in the hospital. I had stitches on the back of my head, the guy had smacked the nine millimeter to the back of my skull, knocking me out before fleeing the scene. Luckily, the other employees weren't hurt. When I was feeling good enough to talk to the cops, I gave them my description of the situation, but the guy wasn't caught. The police say he probably left town, but still, at least the situation didn't get any worse. That was my father's story and I can't help but feel anger, a grudge of some sort, to the person who hurt my dad like that. He'd better pray that we don't run into one another, because there's a certain kindness I want to repay to him. 
Number eight, Joe by Brandon. I live in Calgary, Alberta. I used to work at a pizza hut here and I had a coworker named Joe. Now Joe was usually the quiet type. He never really talked to any of his coworkers or customers beyond what he had to do. This is where the story starts. I was on my break one night and I was outside having a quick smoke. Suddenly, I heard a loud crash and I didn't think much of it. I just assumed someone dropped one of the dishes. I went back to smoking and enjoying my break when once again I heard another bang. I put out my smoke quickly, then ran inside to see what was going on. I run into Joe and he's got this big wicked smile on his face. After that, he ran out of the store. I nearly ran into the rest of the employees who came around the corner suddenly. They appeared to be chasing Joe, but they didn't leave the store. Come to find out, Joe lost it that night. Someone didn't tip him on a delivery, and I knew that Joe wasn't tipped very often. None of the delivery drivers were. People around here did not like tipping anyone, and yeah, it kinda sucked. But Joe, Joe took it hard. After coming back from such an order, he came back throwing stuff around the store. He began breaking glass everywhere, and eventually just started pounding on one of the customers who tried to stop him. The guy was sent to the hospital. Upon leaving, before I came into the building, Joe promised to end all of us. Luckily, we didn't hear anything from Joe ever again. The cops were called and they pressed charges on Joe, but they ended up coming to an agreement where he would pay back for the damages. I really hope Joe sought the help he desperately needed and I hope that customer who tried to calm things down is okay. Number nine, The Dumpster Guy by Joanne. In 1999, I had been working for Pizza Hut for about four years. It was in that same year that I had a terrifying horror movie-like experience. It didn't make me quit my job, I had been working there too long and I kind of enjoyed it, but it did make me think twice about going to take trash out to the dumpsters. Now, twice in a day, we had to go out to the dumpsters to take trash out. That's how my restaurant worked anyway. It was once after the lunch rush and once during closing. When I asked why we did this instead of just doing it when we needed to, I was told it was to minimize any access done by anyone going out the back. They made it sound like it was a dangerous thing, using the back door. The way I saw it, anyone could come through the front and do whatever they wanted to if they planned on doing it. So why this emphasis on the back door, I never knew. That week was a strange one. There were reports in the news of several different people being attacked in this area. The attacks occurred at the same time of night and the people had the same injuries it was some guy with a large blade. He attacked women and tried to steal anything that would be on them. Purses, wallets, jewelry, and the like. There were about three attacks in the same week. You would think our restaurant would do something about this, like make a temporary rule to keep us safe, but my managers ignored it or they just didn't know what was going on. Anyway, that brings me to that fateful Friday. I was on dish duty, which also had me on the dumpster breaking down boxes duty. So after doing the dishes, I started breaking down the boxes. Once I had all that done, I took all the trash out together, rolling both big bins, one in each hand, over to the dumpsters. Now the dumpsters were barricaded behind a wooden square. We had to unlock that wooden post before going into the dumpster area. This kept people from using our dumpster as their own private dump. I made it to the fence post. I began to unlock it with a key. Once it was open, I rolled the trash bins inside and began the hard and heavy work of getting the trash into the dumpsters. As I was dumping the first one in and started placing it back down on the ground, I heard something. It sounded like footsteps, but the thing is, it was coming from the same area. 
It was coming from inside the dumpster area. I paused for a moment. There was about one meter between the dumpster and the walls of the post, so someone could hide in here, but they'd have to climb the thing first. I stopped for a moment, listening intently. I didn't hear anything else, so I grabbed the second bin and started lifting it. The moment I was at the peak of the lift, the trash bin above my head, I felt a sudden burning pain in my side. It made my legs weak, and I ended up falling over with the remainder of the trash in the bin falling on me. I screamed out in pain. As an older man that I'd never seen before began rummaging through my pockets, I didn't have anything on me. The pants we had to wear only had front pockets, and I never brought my wallet or purse with me to the store. It hurt to breathe, so I couldn't say anything else after that first scream. I just watched this heavily breathing stranger standing over me. Before looking disappointed and climbing back up the fence post and running away, he could have exited the post normally because I don't lock it when I come in, only when I go out, but I guess he didn't know that. A few seconds later, one of my coworkers had heard me scream. They came to my rescue and found my shirt stained red at the left side. The guy had got me deep. I was taken to the hospital. Thankfully, the cut was quick and clean. The guy's blade must have been extremely sharp. So after stitching up my kidney and my side, the doctor said I was going to be fine. I was in the hospital for another week after that before going home. And luckily, I was paid until I was able to get back to work. It was a very chilling experience, but I made it out okay. The only lasting damage was the scar on my side and my fear of going out to the dumpsters at night. And number 10, The Never-Ending Road by Gary Kay. Prepare yourself for a story I doubt you'll ever believe, but it happened no matter how much I wish it hadn't. I worked as a delivery driver for Pizza Hut. I lived in a southern state and there were a lot of rural areas around, so most of my deliveries took me through or around forests. This was normal for me and I enjoyed it. There was always new scenery to see. One night I received an order from the furthest address I'd go to yet. This one was about 40 miles out. Before taking this order, I had to ask my manager to see if he was okay with me taking one that far away. He said, sure, money is money. And he said I could take the highway most of the way there, so I should be there in 20, 25 minutes max. I took his word for it. I'd never been out that direction. So we prepared the order, and I jumped in my Honda Civic and began the drive. My manager was right. After about 22 minutes on the highway, I got off the exit, then made a couple of rights before getting onto a dirt road. My GPS said that the house was only a couple of miles down that road. I was almost there. Just another normal delivery, I thought. Keep in mind, it's about 8 p.m. and it's already quite dark out. The sky was that dark, almost purple blue, and I had to turn on my brights to be able to see quite clear. So it was easy to see and startling when I saw the girl. A girl with messed up frizzy hair and a long white dress as if she was on her way to a Sunday sermon, but she looked dirty and even distressed. She was facing toward me, walking in the opposite direction on the right side of the road. I passed her and kept an eye on her, trying to judge whether or not she needed help. Her face was quite clean though, even though she looked miserable. I drove past her, and I told myself if I saw her again on the way back, I would ask if she needed help. I kept on driving when I noticed that my GPS wouldn't update. At the beginning of this road, it had said a few more miles, and it still said the same distance now. The weird part was my little arrow where my car was, was moving down the road, so it knew we were traveling, it just wasn't updating how much distance we had. 
I ignored it and kept a more focused eye out on the road for names of streets, making sure I didn't pass my destination. This road was completely straight. From the moment I turned on the road, it was one completely straight passage. I hadn't even passed a single driveway or alternating road yet. I was thinking about this, beginning to feel weirded out, when I suddenly saw something creepy. It was the same girl, walking in the same way in the same dress with the same frizzy messed up hair and dirty clothes. I passed by her again. I know it was the same girl, it had to be. She even had the same features on her face. She also didn't look at me when I passed by, just as the previous girl did. I remember turning in my seat to look out the back window, thinking, no way, this didn't make sense. My brain was storming with thoughts, and I concluded or hoped that what was going on was a couple of twins who were pranking me. Maybe they even ordered the pizza and wanted to play a scary prank on the driver. Well, jokes on them, I'd be out of here in no time and that wasn't funny. I kept driving, paying close attention to the road as the GPS continued to malfunction, still saying that I hadn't traveled any distance despite the arrow on the GPS saying otherwise. When I zoomed out on the GPS, something weird happened. The straight road was straight for what appeared to be hundreds of miles. Even the distance behind me, where the turn must have been only a couple of miles ago when I entered the road, it was straight now too, as if it was saying I'd been traveling on a straight road for hours. Okay, by then, honestly, I was sweating and getting worried. That's when I passed the girl again. Same dress, same hair, same face, walking on the same side of the road. This time, though, she glanced at me, and when she did, I had my foot on the brake pedal so fast that I nearly tore a hole in the tires of my vehicle. I came to a complete stop. Then I looked at the clock, it had been 50 minutes since I left the store, and there was still no sign of my destination in sight. I said, screw this. I'd rather take the ride up and get in trouble than continue on this cursed road. Who knows what was going on, but I didn't want to find out. I turned around and quickly sped away, hoping that the road wouldn't be straight this time, hoping that the turn still existed. But... I passed the girl. She was still walking on the same side of the road, now with her back to me. I passed her once, twice, three times. I didn't even realize I was going around 75 miles per hour on this old dirt road until I suddenly hit the turn hard. I nearly flipped my car, nearly hit a car driving away from the highway nearby. It honked as our tire screeched and I came to another quick halt. I made it out. I was away from that road. I didn't stay stopped though. I got back on the highway and I raced toward my pizza hut. For some reason, I was still scared, even as I traveled away from that strange road. I wasn't happy until I was inside the pizza hut with my manager's angry face. He said the moment I turned onto the road from the store's parking lot, I was going the wrong direction. He tried to call me, but I never received any calls. I got a chewing out after that, and I did get written up. Maybe I could have avoided it if I told him what happened, but I didn't, and that's why I'm sharing this with you now. A story about the greatest and creepiest horror-themed prank on a delivery driver ever or a real supernatural experience. Be careful out there, no matter what job you do. My favorite food is pizza, and I really enjoy Pizza Hut pizza. And thankfully, I've never had any creepy or weird run-ins with the delivery guy. Though there was those two times I called the wrong store and made them make a pizza that I couldn't pick up. Uh, my bad. That's what happens when the street the Pizza Hut's on is also the name of a town several hundred miles away. Anyway, delivering things can be extremely dangerous. Any job that puts you face to face with a customer 
and any delivery job that takes you all the way out of your comfort zone to places you haven't been to and onto other people's properties can have you risking your life for something that's not even worth it. So good luck and thank you pizza boys and girls for what you do. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. Don't forget, you can send me any of your scary stories at darknessprevails.org. Now, if you want to support my channel further, you can go to patreon.com slash darknessprevails, donate any amount, and you'll get your name in the credits at the end of these videos. Also, if you have some extra cash beyond that, click the shop button below or go to morbidmonsters.com for some really creepy Darkness Prevails merchandise, from shirts to coffee mugs. If you don't have any cash, you can still support me for free by downloading my free app Spooked off the Google Play Store. It's got all my stories, video, and text in the same place. As usual, here are my five favorite early comments from the previous video, about 10 creepy Instagram confessions. Big Boss says, Daddy Darkness, give Gator Martin a shout out since he's probably reacting to this video. I talked to Gator about his use of my content in his reactions, and we've come to a mutual agreement. Gator is extremely friendly, and I'm glad he's linking back to my videos. So check out Gator Martin's channel if you enjoy reaction videos. So Speaks Galactus says, did you get demonetized or did the video get demonetized? The video, if I got entirely demonetized as this is my full-time job, then I wouldn't be able to put out content very often. I'd be back to making videos every other week or so. 483 says, sweet, can I get a heck yeah? Darkness, the man, the myth, and the legend. Hey, if I was a myth and a legend, I'd probably have my own stories and videos. 10 creepy true darkness prevails encounters. So meta. Say and Hey 13 says, I love this channel, but it really makes it hard to sleep at night. All you gotta do is cuddle. Cuddle makes the world go round. And Carissa Sokolowski says, Love you, darkness. Literal favorite part of my day is when I see a new upload from you. I'm extremely happy that you enjoy my videos. The best part about YouTubing is making people happy. Thank you all. Now that's it for this video, but be sure to click one of the following cards for plenty more scary stories until the next one is out. Also, here are the credits to my patrons who continue to be awesome people and donate to support me. Until next time, guys. This world is a strange one, so stay safe out there and stay creepy. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.